0: ...built-in needs and desires, and our lives, we it seems like we are driven to fulfill those things, to see those needs met. And as we think about it, nobody knows ourselves better than we do, so we really, it seems like, are in the best position to go out and have those needs, those desires fulfilled and met. And that leads us to the very first plan in this life that we have, and we call it, uh, for this series, Plan A. And Plan A says this, it is my way. I'm going to go after this my way. After, after all, I'm the one who knows me best, right? But after years and years and years of trying life my way, trying to have my needs and desires met my way and fulfilled my way, I've understood one thing, it leaves me very empty, and it leaves me feeling very dissatisfied. And at that point, we often look around us and say, well, why aren't they that way? Why aren't they dissatisfied? And we say, well, maybe their way is better. And that leads us to plan B. Plan B says, well, okay, I'll try their way. It seems to work for them. And so we go out and do what they do, thinking if I do what they do, I can have what they have. And in some sense, that is true. That will happen because ultimately, well, they what they really do end up with is... Emptiness and dissatisfaction. The same thing I got with plan A. And so, yes, if I do what they do, then I will have what they have. And ultimately, that is as well emptiness and dissatisfaction. And so, that's plan B. So, if plan A doesn't work and plan B doesn't work, then what's going on here? We can get those things. We will be dissatisfied and empty because God actually created us for something very special. He created us for those deep desires that He created, by the way, and those deep needs, which, by the way, He gave us. He designed those to be fulfilled only by Him. He orchestrated the whole thing. And those needs and desires actually drive us toward God. That's the plan. But we stop short of that. So often, we stop short of God and we go with our own plan instead, plan A or plan B. Because from a very young age, all of us are taught to stop short of God because we can take care of those things ourselves. And so if plan A leaves us empty and dissatisfied, if plan B, their way, leaves us empty and dissatisfied, then that leaves us with plan C. And plan C frankly says this, there's no way. I mean, there's just no way. If plan A didn't work and plan B didn't work, then there's no way. So maybe I just have to live with this emptiness and live with this dissatisfaction. Maybe I have to just live with this depression and being discouraged and being hopeless and being dissatisfied. I'm just going to have to put up with it. Maybe that's the way it is. And that very quickly leads us to plan D, which says this. Well, okay, if you have to live with the pain, just dull the pain, numb the pain, drown the pain. The pain with something. But God is saying. Wait 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 wait. wait! Don't you have stopped short. On your journey toward me. God would say. There's another plan. And that leads us to what we're talking about. During this series. Plan E. You know it's plan E for us. And we talked about that last week. And Jesus told us. That this next plan. This God's plan. that That if. We get this right, here's how it works, that, that we will love God with everything of who we are, all of ourselves, all of our minds, all of our bodies, our souls, with everything of who we are, we will love God, our whole selves, and create, develop, nurture this love relationship with God, where God begins to take first place right In the middle of our lives, we place him in first place every day, all day long. Plan E for us is actually for God, his plan A. And the funny thing is, it's been there the whole time, the whole time. Now last week we introduced to you this plan A. We're calling it the SHC 6060 experiment. In fact, uh, as you're going through this over the next 60 days, if you choose to do that with us, we just ask you just kind of update on either twitter facebook or instagram or all of them if you will add a hashtag anything that has to do with your journey with god what god is teaching you telling you showing you encouraging you even stopping you or slowing you whatever he's doing if you will hashtag that s h c 6060 hashtag SHC6060. No, you can't put any hyphens, any other characters in there, just the hashtag SHC6060. And then we will be able to see that as well if we search for SHC6060. And we can be encouraged by your story. So here's the experiment. This is what we're asking you to do. Now, Jesus has, has... been diligent in my life through this process a mentor has shared this with me and taught this to me and i want to as accurately as possible pass this on to you the 60 60 experiment this is what it is basically every 60 minutes of your awake day we're asking you to take that hour that 60 minutes and say god this hour belongs to you this is yours And we want you to pause moment by moment during that time and stay connected uh, on purpose with thought behind that. Stay connected to God. And in order to help you do that, we've asked you to set some reminders in your life. So the first one is we suggested that you take your phone or a watch or something and you set an alarm. It would be preferable if it were silent like a vibration on your phone to go off every 60 minutes of your awake day. So starting with once you get up, then an hour every hour of your awake day until you go to bed that night, a silent alarm will go off. And when it goes <laughs> off, you are reminded you have to deal with it. You are reminded you turn it off, you have to deal with it. And you're reminded in that moment, give this hour to God. Communicate with God. Talk with God during this hour. You're reminded. The second thing is this sticky note inside your worship guide. If you will place it by your computer or in your car, somewhere where you will see it. So that when you see that sticky note, it doesn't have to be on the hour. It could be at any time. You're reminded, give this moment to God. Connect with God during this moment. So these reminders are there to help encourage you to develop this ongoing, uh, all day long relationship with God of keeping him at the center of your life. Here's a question for you. Have you heard of a guy named Frank Laubach? Probably not. Probably you haven't. So let me give you some information about him. John Burke taught this story of Frank. just it just an ordinary guy Frank for the first 45 years of his life He stopped and and he just had this average life and he looked at his life Somewhere around his 46th birthday and he said this I'm going to paraphrase it for you He took an estimation an evaluation of his life and here's what he said He said my life so far Has been a miserable poor existence (laughs) He said, it's been far below what I had dreamed. He said, it has been, my life has been so ordinary, so unimpressive that I can't even think about it without great regret. He said, I can't even think about the future uh, without despair and regret nothing looks good for me it's been pretty miserable so far he it didn't he didn't have much to say about his life other than that that was in 1930 in 1930 But during that year, in 1930, something changed for Frank. Something changed so drastically that by 1970, 40 years later, by 1970, the Encyclopedia Britannica, now for those of you who don't know, There used to be these things called books. They had paper in them. And the encyclopedias were huge and thick volumes that they would publish uh, every year pretty much and try to sell you whole new volumes. And it was filled with just information. And the Encyclopedia Britannica was a huge one. And they said this about Frank. This was 40 years later. They said this, that he was the greatest educator... Of modern times the change in Frank's life was so drastic that he was voted that year 40 years later he was voted man of the year in America now in this last 40 years Frank had developed uh, during that time a campaign called each one teach one it was a movement that taught over 60 million people across the globe to read in their own language During that time, he wrote over 50 books, and Frank influenced presidents and underdeveloped countries all over the globe. So what changed from this ordinary, unimpressive, lower-than-my-expectations life, what changed in that 40 years for Frank? Frank wrote in his journal that year. Listen to what he wrote back in 1930, later this year, later that year, he wrote this. I'm going to read it to you. This is a quote. He said, two years ago, a profound dissatisfaction led me to begin trying to line up my actions with the will of God about every 15 minutes to half hour. People said it would be impossible, but this year, I have started out to live all of my waking moments in conscious listening to the inner voice, asking without ceasing, what Father do you desire for this minute? Frank said, it is clear that this is exactly what Jesus was doing all day, every day. So Laubach began an experiment of his own, very much like what we're calling the SHC 6060 experiment. He began, and he was trying to learn how to, in a moment-by-moment, continuous conversation with God, stay connected to God. Laubach said this, It is exactly that moment-by-moment surrender, that responsiveness, obedience, sensitivity, that pliability that lost in his love desire that I have tried to explore with all my might. So after 30 days of Frank trying to stay in this constant communication moment by moment with God, after 30 days, he began to feel a joy in his life that he had never felt his 16 years of Christianity. Frank wrote this. This sense of cooperation with God in the little things is what astonishes me. I need something, and I turn around, and I find it waiting for me. Oh, I must work to be sure. But there is God all along working with me. God takes care of all the rest. My part is to live this hour in continuous inner conversation with God and in in perfect responsiveness to his will to make this hour gloriously rich. This seems to be all I need to think about. Wow, his experiment's going really well. After 60 days, Frank wrote this. The experiment is interesting. He said, although I'm not very successful thus far, the thought of God slips out of my sight for, I suppose, two-thirds of every day. Yet, this thing of keeping in constant touch with God is is the most amazing thing I ever ran across. It's working. As I analyze myself, I find several things happening to me as a result of these two months. This concentration upon God is strenuous, but everything else has ceased to be so. I think more clearly. I forget less frequently things which I did with a strain before. Now I do easily with no effort, whatever. I worry about nothing. I lose no sleep. If God is there... The universe is with me. My task is simple and clear. A year later, after he had been doing the 60-60 experiment, what we're calling it, after he had been doing that for a year, here's what he wrote. How I wish, wish, wish that a dozen or more persons would try this and write their experience so that each of us would know what the other was finding as a result. The results, I think, would astound the world. Now Frank's excitement in his life now versus what he experienced as he began this, his frustration with life, his experience of having God as his constant center as best as possible over that course of time changed his life. Listen to these words of Jesus starting with John chapter 7 and verse 37. It says, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds anyone who is thirsty he said may come to me And so in this moment Jesus is saying if you will choose to listen The life that your thirsty soul is craving is available to you right now To anyone and to everyone who will learn to do life moment by moment with God He goes on in verse 38 He says, and anyone who believes in me may come and drink. So as we live moment by moment with Jesus, we begin in our lives to experience a new power, the power of Jesus in our life. And it flows into us and then through us into a lifeless world around us. And listen to how Jesus goes on. He says, for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart, talking about the heart of Jesus, and then verse 39, there's a little parenthetical thought. It says, when he said living water, he's speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. And so what Jesus is saying is, I have something to give you into your life, my very spirit, which is going to produce a new kind of power in you. It's a power flowing in you, but it doesn't just stop there. It goes through you and brings peace to you in a life full of storms. It's a power that can come into your life if you're connected to Jesus that brings power that will grant you self-control even when you are angry and upset. It's a power that can be in your life that can bring freedom to addictions and freedom to habits that have you chained up right now. It's a power that, if it gets into your life, will give you the power and ability to love and serve other people around you, even the power to love and serve difficult people. And my friends, I believe with everything that is within me that what we're talking about in this series is the true way to follow Christ. And it can be summarized by saying this. Doing life with Christ at the center of your life. With God at the very center middle of your life. And it's developing a habit of staying in continuous conversation with God. And being willing, willing to do what he asks you to do moment by moment. Moment by moment of every day. Think about this you can't change the past. It's already happened. You cannot undo or change the past. And you can't control the future. You don't know what's coming. You can't control the future. You can't change the past. But my friends, you have right now. You have this moment right now And if you can make this moment that you're in right now a great moment as you stay connected to Jesus right now in this moment, then guess what? You have another moment coming right after that. And if you can stay connected to Jesus in that moment, and you have a moment right after that, and if you can stay connected to Jesus in that moment, do you know what? Your moments add up. Moment by moment they add up and soon you will have an entire day filled with faith. And one day those days will be filled not just with faith but also with His fruit in your life. And if you have a fruitful today and a fruitful tomorrow... And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, guess what happens ultimately? You, yourself, you end up becoming exactly what God has intended you to become, regardless of what has happened in your past. It's that simple. Staying connected with Jesus moment by moment and staying responsive to God moment by moment. Now listen to how Paul describes in his words what this plan E E, E thing is all about. God's plan A, our plan E. Listen to this. Acts chapter 17 verse 28. His purpose, that's God's purpose, is for all the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. And then he gives us this thought, though, he's not very far from any one of us. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and exist. Paul is saying it all starts with an awareness of God. And that's where we started last week in presenting this, really just being aware that God wants to be at the center of your life all day, moment by moment, every day. But this awareness of God now can lead to some communication with God. And that's where we are today. Now here's the truth about a relationship. Because this is a relationship, a loving relationship with God. That's what he desires. And here's the truth. The more you communicate, the better you relate. And this is true with God. It's true in just your life as well. Just think of a husband and wife. If they have no communication, they're eventually, they're going to grow apart. They're not going to feel close. And one day they're going to look at each other and they're going to say, hey, we are strangers living in the same house. You talk to the guy and he's like, I know, I don't know what went wrong. I mean, I told her I loved her when we got married and nothing has changed. I figure if something changes, I'll let her know. If there's no communication, my friends, there is no relationship. You can't relate in your marriage if you don't communicate. And the same thing is true in your relationship and my relationship with God. So many people don't feel close to God. They just don't feel close to Him. They feel like He's a million miles away. But they never take the time To stay connected and they never take the time to communicate in that relationship. You see, just doing life with an awareness of God, that that's that's not a relationship. I mean, that's that's not doing life with God, it's just doing life. It's like you've purchased fire insurance. Nobody, nobody wants to use their fire insurance. They have it in case they need it. You buy it not wanting it. You buy it hoping you never ever have to use it. So you take your fire insurance in your house and you just set it aside. And you're like, it's there if I need it. You set it aside until trouble comes. It's there until trouble comes. And then when you do need it, When everything is falling apart and the house is burnt down, you run up waving your fire insurance policy. If we do this spiritually, when our life falls apart, we grab that policy we thought we had with God. We wave it in front of God's face and we say, God, here's my policy. Now I'm asking for your help and I need some relief. That's not a relationship. That's a fire insurance policy, not a relationship. Now think about this. All day long... You're talking to yourself in your mind all day long, every day. You have this ongoing relationship with yourself right now. In fact, some of you are like, all righty, big H, let's wrap this up. We've we've had enough of this. Let's keep going. You have a talking relationship with yourself in your mind all day long. One of our goals to this 60 60 experiment is for you to make a switch there. It's to stop talking to yourself and to enter into a conversation with God. The God who created you for an ongoing, moment-by-moment, loving relationship with Him. Talk to God. You must communicate if you want to relate. It's kind of what it looks like. You're driving... The kids are fighting in the back seat, and you have had all you can take. I mean, you are at the limit of your emotional stress level. And just then, your phone alarm vibrates, and you see it's a 60-60 alarm. And in that moment, you're reminded to stop. And you talk to God in that moment. Instead of talking to yourself or yelling at your kids, you say to God, 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 If I open my mouth right now, I am not going to handle this right. So God, I I need you to take control of my mind and I need you to take control of my words. That's how it works. Or or you're at work and you're just about to take a lingering, lust-filled look at a coworker because they're about to walk by your workstation. And at that moment, you see your 60-60 sticky note. And you shake your head and you say, God, I, I, I need you right now to help divert my eyes. I, I need you, God, in this moment to capture my attention and my thoughts right now. You see, this kind of talking to God, this is real. That is real communication, an ongoing conversation with Him. And Jesus, actually, He's the one who taught us how to do this. But before he taught us how, he made an interesting comment. He said, Don't talk to God like the people who just babble off memorized prayers. Jesus describes that. That's not really communicating. That's not really relating with God. That's not a relationship. That's more like a creator and a robot that he created. God does not really, he's not really interested in your memorized prayers that you just kind of babble back. And it's interesting that he told us this comment right before he then goes into this thing called, that we have called the Lord's Prayer. And we have taken that prayer and we have done exactly what Jesus said, don't do. And we've memorized words and we babble them back to God like a robot, just like he said, don't do. Because that's not communicating, that's not relating. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you were to ask your kids, Hey kids, how's your day at school today? And they repeat to you the same words every time they've memorized. Hey kids, how's your day at school today? And they repeat back, Oh Father which dwelleth in my house. Thou art bigger than me, and thou art great, and thou art a powerful father. That doesn't mean much to you, does it? If they just babble that back, that is not communicating that's not relating that's not staying connected and jesus is encouraging us in this he said let's stop repeating and let's start relating and then jesus shows us how a phrase at a time he starts us off in matthew chapter 6 verse 9 jesus said pray like this our father in heaven let's pause there for a moment Our Father in heaven. He says, I I want you to admit and to recognize that God is not just a creator, God is your Father. He wants to be seen in your life as a loving parent who will guide us towards the best, towards His best. He says, See God as your Father, talk to Him as your Father. Then He goes on, May your name be kept holy. Jesus reminds us that this God is perfectly holy. That God is set apart from all other uh, uh, of His world that He's created. He is not common. He's not just the man up there or the big guy. Jesus reminds us to admit, God, you are God. And you are God and I I am not. Jesus reminds us as we talk to, as we relate with God, be reminded to put God in the first place of your lives. And don't allow anything to take the place of God. Don't allow anything else to become that which leads you, that which guides you. Leave God in the leading, guiding position of your life. And after all, that's exactly what the first of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament says. You remember the phrase, no other gods before me. And this is still what God requires. But at times, if you're anything like me, at times we abandon this. You see, God is the rightful boss. He's the rightful CEO of our lives. But we fire God and we take control. We take control of the business of life for ourselves. And ultimately, that's really the root of every sin that's in our lives. We fire God. And we run the business of life ourselves. And that is called self-centeredness instead of God-centeredness. But Jesus goes on. He then says, may your kingdom come soon. God, may your kingdom come soon. God's kingdom. But do you realize, I, I I have been all about my kingdom. So have you. We have been about our own kingdoms. God is king of his kingdom. But I have been king of my kingdom. It's my day. It's my way. And I get the final say. That's the way we've lived life. But now Jesus is saying something differently. Jesus tells you to talk to God... And in doing so, then step off the throne and ask him to be the king of your life, your kingdom. Being the king of my kingdom has led me to all of my greatest regrets in my life. Every single one of them. So Jesus says, okay, Harley, as you talk to God, step down. Look up to God and ask, God, I want you to be king of me right now. Right here, God, right now in this moment, as surely as you are king of heaven, I want you to be king of my kingdom right here, right now. And then Jesus continues, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying this. God's will is done in heaven. You don't have to worry about that. Don't have any control over that, in fact. You don't have to worry. It's done in heaven. But it's not always done down here. You know why? Because everybody wants to be king. Everybody wants to be their own king. And Jesus is saying, as you are communicating with God, as you are relating to God... God is in the process of changing us to the point where we say this. I now want you, God. I want you to have my kingdom. You have everything just the way you want it in your kingdom in heaven. And I want you, God, to have everything Just the way you want it in my kingdom as well. That's what I want. Now in order for that to happen. I have to not just use words. But I also have to respond to God. I have to say yes to him. I have to stop when he tells me to stop. I have to go when he says go. I have to do what he says I need to do. Okay, that does make sense. But then we ask, but how do we know what he wants us to do? How does God tell me the things that he wants to communicate with me? Great question. I can first tell you this, that God has revealed to you what he wants you to know right now. About his character... And he has revealed to you already what he wants you to know for now about his will. And he's done that through the story of God. And that's called the scriptures, the Bible. The Bible gives us a very general overarching direction for life. And God actually expects you to know what that is. Because he's already provided it. For you in His Word, He expects you to know that general direction He's already provided in His Word. But God doesn't stop there, there's more. God doesn't want to just guide you generally through His Word, but He wants to also guide you very specifically. Now, Jesus said if you are a Christ follower, a Christian, that His Spirit, the Spirit of God, is actually sent into your life to lead you specifically, to guide you very specifically if you are connected and listening to His quiet, subtle, specific direction. As I visit with you, as I teach you, I'm limited. I can only use the words I write down and I could hand them to you or the words that I speak. I'm very limited how I can communicate with you, my friends. I, I can't take my thoughts and place them into your mind and that is a very good thing that I can't or we would have a super weird church. I can't place my thoughts into your mind but listen to this. God can place His thoughts into your mind. But you must learn, as Jesus said, to have ears that hear God. You see, we want God to give us these booming, loud voice commands. But He's already done that. He did that in His Scripture. We have those in the Bible, and we largely ignore those. But we can't. We can't ignore those because He has communicated those and given them to us. He's already given us the boom now is something different. What He offers us right now is something different. We have that, and we can't ignore those commands. But He's offering something additionally. He offers you now His quiet, subtle voice. And we have to, to hear it, fine-tune our lives to be humble and to be quiet and to have hearts that will hear the direction of God. Willing hearts to listen and not just listen, But to respond to his spirit as he speaks, as he whispers to our souls. And we can say, yes Lord. I say yes to you, Father. In this moment, I say yes to you. Your will be done right now in this moment. I say yes to you. Not my kingdom, God. Your kingdom, this is your kingdom. This minute, not mine. You are God. I am not. You are king. I am not. Now here's what we're asking you to do this week. If you're in a small group, do this somehow with your small group. Talk about this with your small group. If you're in a huddle... Talk about this with your huddle this week. I'm going to encourage you to continue doing the 60-60 experiment. That's the first thing we're asking you to do. Keep doing the 60-60 experiment. We're going to list these on the screen for you as we go. The 60-60 experiment, keep it up. Don't stop. Maybe you have done this in an imperfect way this week. If you started with us last week, guess what? Me too. Me too. But keep doing it don't quit you're going to be tempted to quit do not quit guess what you have today you have today if you haven't already started the 60 60 experiment start today if you have don't quit you have today the next thing we're going to ask you to do is this read john chapter 13 all the way through chapter 17 because we're encouraging you to get some more of this general loud communication from God. From his word. Read that. John chapter 13 all the way to chapter 17 this week. Here's the third thing. When that alarm goes off. When you see that reminder. That sticky note. In that moment admit to God. God. You are God, and I am not. You are boss, and you are king. I am not. This is your kingdom, not my kingdom, God. This is your kingdom. Will you admit that to God when you see that reminder or hear that reminder? Here's the next thing. Begin this week to learn. It's a lifelong process, but begin to learn to listen to that quiet, specific communication from God. Learn to listen for that. As He whispers to your soul, as you connect with Him, as you keep Him at the center of your life, as He whispers to your soul, learn to respond, God, this is, I want Your will, not mine. I say yes to you, God. Practice this week listening to God because you have to, you have to, Communicate if you want to relate. And here's the last thing we're asking you. Will you have a goal this week? We're all going to fail this, but will you work towards this this week? Talk to God more than you talk to yourself. As you have this ongoing communication with God, will you talk to God this week more than you talk to yourself? Please, join us on the 60-60 journey. Keep going. Don't stop. If you had a bad week, that's okay. You have today. And if you haven't started yet, you can start with us today. Start today. Now, together, let's talk to God right now. Let's pray. Father... Your purpose is for the nations, and that includes each one of us. Your precious creation, your purpose is for us to seek after you, and perhaps to feel our way towards you, and then to find you. And thankfully, Father, you are not far from any one of us. For in you, Father, we truly live. And in you, we move through this life. And Father, it is connected to you that we really exist. And may we, as you desire, communicate with you moment by moment so that we can lovingly relate to you. And Jesus, we pray these things under your authority. And we ask that you grant what is in accordance with your plan and your will for our lives. Amen.